This is Danica. And this is Jan. And today again, we have two wonderful guests. Our first is Valerie. Hello. And our second is Vaughn. Oh my gosh, it's me again. What a surprise. I can't believe you're back so soon. (laughs) Oh, it feels like it's been forever. Yes. (laughs) And we're just very happy to have you all. We're blessed to have Valerie often, but we, I don't get to have, share the mic with uh, Vaughn as often as I would even like, because she's awesome too. Aww. So flattering, Vaughn. (laughs) It's very true. Very true. So today we watched Disney's Mulan 2. It doesn't, I don't believe it has any sort of subtitle. Um, It's just the second Mulan. It's one of those Disney sequels you hear about. Uh, I don't know. Everyone is always like, they're all terrible. And like, I mean, I see Return of Jafar and I'm like, I don't get it. But then I see this and, uh, but anyway. (laughs) So would you recommend this film? (laughs) No, first we have to have someone do a brief spoiler free plot synopsis. I I don't think I could do it because I don't feel like there was enough of a storyline for me to be able to recap. Okay, okay, let me try. Let me try. Okay. Mushu's really enjoying the fact that he's a big shot among the spirits and stuff now. And so he's acting up. But then Mulan and Li Shang are going to get married. And so it turns out that that is going to foist Mushu from his coveted position for plot reasons I don't care to explain. Just that's that's what'll happen to him. And so he's like, I have to break them up. But then they announce the engagement. But before they can go much further than that, uh, envoy from the Emperor of China comes and is like, hey, we need both of your help for uh, a big problem. And so they have to go and talk to him. And he's basically like, hey, we need to prevent war and to do that i've got to send my three daughters to be married to this other country so they can become political allies and we can stand strong against the evil huns because they're still just evil so then the rest of the movie is them trying to transport those three princesses they get the aid of their old allies from the first movie the the three guys um yao ling and uh uh, Chin Po. Thank you, Chin Po. Um, gets the their help to, to guard. They want a small group so that's easier to get through undetected or something like that. And so the rest of the movie is basically them transporting those three ladies and inevitably the three ladies falling in love with the three guys what? and Mushu trying to <laughs> break up Mulan and Li Shang because for some reason he gets to be a villain now. And that's the movie. And everything that you could probably assume will happen based on any of that will happen. So just... Mushu, a villain? (laughs) So yeah, that's this movie. Uh Uh-huh. Without getting into spoilers or anything or or excessive details, would you recommend this movie? Uh, No, probably not. Not feeling strong for this one. Yeah. Not for me, because I wouldn't want to see it again, so I can't really recommend it. Vaughn, do you want to come in with a dissenting opinion? Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I feel like I was the only one who had seen this before, and I gotta say, disappointed in past me. Because, <laughs> 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 upon reevaluation, I'm not a huge fan of it. It just, I got feelings. 
Yeah, me too. And most of them are very, very harsh. I don't like it. No, I don't recommend it. It's This is the reason why Disney sequels have the reputation they do. Not this purely, but like movies of this caliber. I'm sure we'll have plenty more that are great to eventually cover on this podcast. Yeah, it's really a shame because like... Because like the Aladdin sequels are well, so solid course... to good. Rescuers Down Under is yeah, good. Yeah, like there was, there was lots of good things about it. But this, there wasn't really... It's the earlier ones, huh? I wonder if we're going to find a lot of the later ones are bad. I don't know. Hey, and and I think it's worth mentioning that having now watched this, I realized I had had watched it before. I must have seen it. I'm sorry. But it was so... I know, but it was so unmemorable. I could not have... I I could not have told you that I had seen it because there was... Well, I mean, you can... You can guess everything that's going to happen the moment the plot point is introduced. So there's not a lot of like effort for your brain to go through. Right. But there was just nothing to to let me remember that I'd seen it. No outstanding songs, no great compelling story plot. So it's like, I didn't know I had seen it. And then I started watching. I'm like, oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah. So that's our glowing pre-review. Yeah. Yep, yep, and yep. now I'm going to awkwardly go into silence. Should we get specific? Ah, <laughs> I, I thought if I did it long enough, you'd do that. This is um, story, characters. Story, characters, and voice acting. I wish the whole opening scene with Mushu had been removed. Just excised, thrown in the garbage, so I never had to see it. Yeah, that I didn't like Hated it. Hated all of it. Hated the entire thing and i don't feel like i needed it to understand where his awful awful characterization was coming from in the rest of the movie anyways so yeah i felt like they were even more so here than in the first movie they were trying to make him like genie he i think he had more anachronistic references he even pulled out props that i don't think they did in the previous one and he had a a cartoony villain in a way it was as a character i didn't i also want to take this opportunity to talk about the fact that there are three characters that are that were in the original movie that are also in this one that have different voice actors the rest of everyone who appeared in the first has the same voice actor we can get we know what one of them is right because that's definitely not eddie murphy that's a white guy um named lots more S- like named S- mark mosley S- he S- i think one of his main voice acting things is imitating different people that's sort of his thing so yeah that that's different but there's two more any anyone care uh. to guess i'm not gonna lie i didn't know that wasn't eddie murphy. I, didn't, I didn't either <laughs> no I it was neither. not <laughs> Nope, it's, it's, a, it's a white guy. Uh, good for him, I guess, because I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that, that Eddie Murphy let him do that because, yeah. I, I don't think that's... Eddie Murphy had any interest in being in this, so well, I, don't think he, he... I don't think he cares too much about, especially, especially because you really need to actually think about the time frame. This came out in 2004. Eddie Murphy had already been in another animated movie at this point, and that's the only other animated movie series he ever needed to be in. Yeah. It's Shrek. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Question. So he was good. <laughs> what question. Did this go straight from uh, oh, yes, straight it was to straight video? To, yes. Definitely. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I was just going to say. As all, literally all Disney sequels are, except for The Rescuers Down Under. I think there's probably another one, like Winnie the Pooh or something. I guess, but those are sort of a different... Just saying. They're sort of a different beast, but sure. 
But anyways, two there's two other people, guys. Hmm. Who else do you think has different voice actors? I'm just trying to uh, think. I refuse to play this game. Uh, the horse. No, I don't know. Um, the vo- the horse. I don't know if it ever made a significant enough sound to get listed on the thing, but I assume it's Frank Welker still. Is it some of the uh the spirits or the ancestors? Okay, was there? No, I mean maybe some of the ones that never had names. Who knows? But. I'll go ahead and tell you, because this one's not nearly as fun as the last time we played this game. Uh, Little Brother is now Frank Welker, (laughs) instead of that other dude it was. Oh my gosh, why didn't they do that to start? (laughs) Uh, Who knows? And uh, the matchmaker, who briefly appears in one scene, has a totally different voice actress. Which, yeah, they didn't even make an effort to make her sound the same. She's just completely different. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I don't really think it made that big of an impact on this because I don't think anything would have really made a big impact on this. Fair. Mulan's dad keeps using sayings as he talks, and I really don't remember him doing that in the original. It was the emperor who did that in the original. Yeah, but this time her dad's doing it all the time, and I don't understand it. It's like you can't just take a character trait from one character and copy it onto another and act like it's the same, like, act like nothing changed what are you doing honestly overall it felt more like this movie was like this is like a a reference to an asian thing let's throw this in here in songs in like visual gags and it felt very insincere this this thing i'm about to say makes a little more sense for a later section but still i I want to acknowledge that in our last episode, we didn't really talk about, which in fairness, we don't have a lot that we personally can say, but still, there's definitely, there are definitely lots of feelings about the original Mulan in Asian American and and also just Asian communities as to its authenticity, as to how the characters are played, as to how the culture is presented. I don't know a lot about what those takes are, and I'm not really the right person to give those takes. Uh, What I will say is that in comparison to the original, I was like, oh, wow, the the original is so good on culture and stuff compared to this one, which feels actively racist a lot of the time. That's what I'm saying. It's like painful. And we we can talk specifics in in the appropriate section, but... um, the whiteness of the people behind making this movie was so much more apparent this go around than than it was in the original. I think so. Like painfully so. And that's definitely something to discuss more as we get into it. <laughs> yeah. Shank got a got a promotion. That was cool. Oh yeah, I yeah. Yeah. About a month after this, he's like, You're captain for about a month because you had to train these guys. Saves China. Now you're a general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When that girl ran off with his helmet, you were like, you're never getting that back. Like right before Mulan said the same thing. Well, also, I like how one month and Mulan doing something that went completely against all of society and societal roles. And then it's just supposed to magically change the whole culture. And now all the little girls want to be like her. I mean, I they was... probably always wanted to be able to be like that, but... Maybe they had a convenient excuse after she, you know, kind of became renowned for that. It feels very, like, hokey girl powery, certainly, yeah. but that's not... It's, um... 
one of the least egregious things to me in the movie, uh, honestly. I was more bothered by the fact that he was asking her to marry him after a month. Like, you've only known she was a woman for a month. It's like, date a little while longer, guys. Just a little bit. What's the rush here? Which is... Both of you watched the um, deleted scenes? Yes, yes. We we deserved to get that opening, and it is a crime. It It is is a crime that they cut that and gave us that Mushu BS instead. Exactly. That 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 Mushu stuff added nothing that I couldn't have already discerned from the movie, whereas that opening, that original opening, for one, was just fun. And for two, like, had so many little things it set up, like him using the throwing star that eventually comes back, and, and they're just little bits of their relationship mm-hmm. and and they were they were so cute together and we got yes. to see them kick butt and just it's a crime that exactly. they were like you know what the story somehow works better without this i, no, I don't it doesn't, get it you fools. because it it would have made all the difference it would have made this movie such more palatable because one it really of the would things, have even if everything else was the same yeah because literally the biggest thing that this movie lost which is indicative to many sequels is the Mulan that I loved her whole characterization. It just was not the same. It was just not the Mulan. I just, yeah. Well, and to comment on, on that opening sequence, it's, it's all the more confusing because like, who was the person that was like, you know what this needs more of this guy. That's not Eddie Murphy playing this character that no one really needed in the first one, because it's not like Eddie Murphy was like, Oh, you know, guys, this direct to release or whatever movie just isn't a big enough part for me to waste my time on. I'll only do it. If you give me the opening, it's not like that even happened because it wasn't him. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't understand. It's baffling. It was such a, like, every time we started a new, a scene and the, and the directors would explain their reasoning for changing things. I was like, you almost had a movie that would have been like, okay, at least. And you made it awful. Exactly. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Exactly. Exactly. Because the opening scene isn't the only thing. There's also the characterization of the romance plot between the three princesses and the three doofuses from the first film. And (laughs) I would have enjoyed it so much more the way that they were originally doing it. And the... the thing that made me the most upset, I had to pause in the middle of the thing and like talk Rant. to Valerie about it Rant. was when they were like, we had to change the whole way that we were doing the princesses because they were just too unlikable. They were just, they were too manipulative. They weren't enjoyable characters. And I'm like, I, but Mushi was good. He was good though. <laughs> no issues yeah. there. <laughs> like, like they. I hated Mushu so much in this movie. I wanted the horse to step on him to the point that he died. I hated him so <laughs> well, much in this movie. We, we almost got lucky in that one part where that. I know. I know that was great. That was that was like, good. And I didn't like. I was at at worst ambivalent towards him in the first. Like I was fine with Mushu in the first movie, but I hated him in this one. And it's their fault because they made him a villain. They made him try to tear apart the two people that you clearly don't want to be torn apart. And somehow thought that this was a good character journey for him to go on. Even though it's like the same basic sort of character journey he went on in the first one. But like way worse. Yeah, it was a Like way, way worse. 
It's like he didn't just he didn't just like have to repeat his same character journey. He regressed horribly and became yeah. a villain. Yeah, and I won't give away anything after spoilers, but again, he had no character growth because whatever little bit that he supposedly redeemed himself in this movie, he went back to being the way he was at the opening of the movie. So it's like <sighs> Yeah, I, I know. It's it just, the worst. Yeah. It's so upsetting. Moving on to a slightly different thing. I'm quoting myself here. It's a subtle theme, but it's there. Which is what I said uh, about the yin-yang theme in the movie when uh, her father gave them the yin-yang necklaces. And is a thing that I repeated multiple times throughout the movie at increasing volume and fervor. Because they just really wanted you to understand that that's part of the theming of this movie. And the part that really broke me... Was when they started going through the canyon and the and it split into two things and they had to follow it. They went on two different paths. And I was like, this is like that episode of The Last Airbender that no one likes. The one where Aang has to lead the two groups who hate each other through the canyon. But like somehow even more on the nose and awful. Yeah, it was, it was very obvious. And sometimes... It doesn't have to be subtle to be interesting, but sure. this was both obvious and uninteresting. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as story characters, um, again, just a very contrived story, a very uninteresting story and characterization. They just really took all the qualities that I really enjoyed about Li Shang and about Mulan and just kind of threw them out the window. I mean, there were moments and not that they were made horrible characters, but they were just made, I don't know, weak versions I, of themselves, uninteresting versions of themselves. I, I feel like Li Shang wasn't too drastically different. He than was the one that bothered original. me the least, I think. But, but Except, for, well, up to a point. <laughs> I, I couldn't put my finger on it if you asked me to point out why I feel this way. But for some reason, I just felt uncomfortable watching all the scenes with Mulan. It was like she was an uncanny valley representation of her previous version. And I, I just don't understand, like, what exactly was... I don't know where it went wrong. I know. It just... It felt... just yeah, she just didn't feel the same. Well, I'll tell you one thing that bothered me, though, Vaughn, um, along those lines... Just like it bothers me if they keep making someone a damsel in distress and just keep stressing that and and the protagonist, especially if it's male, a male protagonist, just every two seconds has to save the female. They actually did that in reverse. Every two seconds, Mulan was having to, you know, do a hand to lift Li Shang up or whatever, especially when Mushu was, you know, sabotaging him. Every two seconds, she's having to save him or do something. And it just really got boring. And and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know. Yeah, they had that whole montage thing where Mushu was was doing stuff to Li Shang, and, and he's just like yelling. Like for a good four minutes, <laughs> he was just making incoherent noises. The one part I liked though was where Mulan loosened her saddle and swung and swung down beneath the horse and gave him a smooch. That was, that was the one part of that montage I enjoyed. Yeah, between yeah. all of his gibberish, exactly. it was very silly to see him like. Yeah, I mean, like, just, literally, the sounds that BD Wong made were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and it just really bothered me because one of the things that I liked about his character was just I don't know his 
I want to say his poise, but just his kind of staying calm under pressure. And even though we know from his relationship with his father or whatever, just trying to fill those shoes that maybe he wasn't really confident, but he gave that. I mean, he just gave his all to be that model for his unit. And I don't know, and they just took that away from him with all these stupid antics with you know, Mushu trying to sabotage him. I don't know. It just bothered me. I was mostly okay with him, even despite that, up until they they started, like, arguing. Oh, and at yeah. first I was like, okay, this is okay. But then, like, it suddenly turned into a man versus woman argument. And it's like, you have those traits because you have differing personalities, not because he's a guy and you're a girl. Why are straight people like this? It's, I, ugh. Yeah. <sighs> Which I mean the writers, not the characters. Yeah. Um, it's just... <sighs> so, uh, yeah, another one of the things that is, like, it feeling that they are not, like, mm, are that they're using Asian-related things as plot devices or just dressing rather than actually caring is the horoscope stuff, like, with the emperor, like... That was so weird. It's gotta be in three days, the Because they first so. set it up with the grandmother yeah. in their house. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird plot element. Yeah, it felt like that came out of nowhere, like, without an actual understanding of how it's possibly used. I didn't like that. And then other, like, things that are said, whenever the matchmaker threw those boys out, he said something like... um, Well, that's for another section, babe. For... Oh, sure. That's for another section, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, I have... He did say something, yes. I have lots of quotes on that, Uh, so I guess I'll... Well, can I say the line that the matchmaker said, which actually made no sense, um, because that was... She's like, you know, I'll never find a match for you because you have no personality. That's the only thing they had going for them. <laughs> I mean, it's like... It's like and, That's true. They are personalities, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's like... I'm like, okay, of all the criticisms you're going to give them, really? Can can we talk about how annoying it was, how much Mulan was just so dead set about the very idea of arranged marriage and like just had to insert herself into the the conversation about it constantly? Yeah. And it's that- like, it felt like such a white feminist take that yeah. was being inserted into this. It's like arranged marriage is all is pure evil and you should only marriage for love. And it's like it's I feel like arranged marriage is a complicated conversation that we shouldn't be boiling down into this. Well, and also that, it just makes her annoying. And she's in no position to judge. She's known that guy for a month. Right? Yeah. <sighs> and and weren't her parents possibly, weren't they? Probably. So I, mean, we I mean, I don't think we know. Yeah, I I mean, but again, with all the the love and loyalty that and just you know that she gives to her and unconditional for her family and traditions and her parents yeah i don't think that's a stance she would have taken that's just to me and, goes or at against. least the the fact that she took it so hard is really weird <laughs> like it feels like such a weird character thing that she's like so against it and it's like <gasps> arranged marriage it's obnoxious yeah it's like it didn't explain how marriages you know worked in the first one but it seems like there is a system that people generally follow that involves going to the matchmaker like getting assessed and if she wasn't horribly upset that she had to do that in the first film so for her to act this way in the second film just didn't 
feel consistent. No. Yeah. And it's just so cliche to always be like, you just have to follow your heart. You just have to follow your heart. You just have to follow. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, come on, make me gag with a spoon. Yeah. But you it was should, very boring. You're just going to put the whole fate of China, uh, you know, or whatever else, supposedly, because you're just following your heart. You're following. No, come on. That's- to go with their yin yang thing, they have to boil down the personality aspects of Mulan and Li Shang into like these easy things that can be thrown out as their yin and yang differences. It was so frustrating for for me to have to watch that scene where she's basically saying, "Oh, you know, I just followed my my heart. That's my duty, really." It's like, well, the original decision was something to save her her father from what was almost a certain death like if you look at it from a political standpoint these three ladies not going and getting married could end in a war where many people die that's just not even an issue you can't compare the two scenarios Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know yeah it just i'm like if these if these women want to like have a political arranged marriage to help their countries let them do it but then of course very quickly it's like no they really don't want to because of course they don't because the morality of this movie is that arranged marriages are bad just pure and simple and you know and two is the 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 thing that bothers me too is that's that's in many cultures that's even that's even in i mean i don't know i can't think of off the top but just many different cultures yeah it's it's very boring and simplistic to just have the moral imperative in your movie that arranged marriage is inherently a bad thing full stop no other conversation to be had and also like to have a plot device of a political marriage that's supposed to help save two countries and like you can tell from the outset that the movie's not going to explore the harm that it would do if they didn't do it. You can, you like, mm-hmm. you can tell. And spoilers, it doesn't. Like, it has the movie has no interest in exploring that, and it's frustrating. Yeah. In other news, Ting Ting is a morosexual, <laughs> which is a joke sexuality of basically being attracted to idiots. Oh, <laughs> okay. The, the guy that makes the jokes. Yes, mm. Ting Ting is into Ling because he's dumb. He's a big dummy. <laughs> mm, goodness. Um, voice actors, you gotta mm. drop the uh, info about all the voice actresses. Okay, you want it? Yes. You want all the? You want all this? They got info. Know. I got. <laughs> all right, Princess May, just the one who's into Yao. Do you ready? Any guesses? I I mm. cheated already. Anybody. F- Anybody that I'm like just yeah, you I'm know, a huge you know fan who, of. You know the you know the person. I don't know if you're. I mean, I don't know who you're a huge fan of, but you know this person. Well, you know I am all the critical role uh, actors. No, it's not. Not. Um, um, okay, no. um, get those out. Of they're your all white. These aren't white women. <laughs> Asian actresses. Um. Well, this is going nowhere. It's Lucy Liu. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't think of her name. I was going to start saying some movies she's been in, or you know. Okay. Yes. Princess Ting Ting is Sandra Oh. Yes. And also, yes. fun fact, her singing voice is Judy Kuhn, who performed Pocahontas' singing voice. Mm. Oh, okay. And then Princess Sue is Lauren Tom. Which I, you were saying that I should know. Who is a prolific voice actress and has voiced characters such as Amy Wong in Futurama, ah. Min and Connie in King of the Hill. And number three in Codename Kids Next Door. Of course. Nice. Mm. Yep. Okay, I haven't seen any of those. 
Wow, mom. Well, or I don't, or not regularly watch, but okay. Sir, who else do I need to talk about? Oh, uh, Lord Keen, who we see at the end, who's the person, the the leader of the country that they're trying to ally with, Yeah, is voiced by Keon Young, who was Kaz in Hi Hi Puffy Amayumi. And Jake's grandfather in American Dragon, Jake Lon. Sure. <laughs> uh, yes, the great show, Hi Hi Puffy on the <laughs> Also, the, uh, there's a shopkeeper that was voiced by Michelle Kwan, yes, who uh, yes. is a, what, what was Figure it? Figure skater. Figure skater. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. very famous. What about the idiot son for the other leader? Was that Did he Sharon, even say anything? Or? He did say, he's like, she's so old. He said that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Julian Henry, but I don't know. Well, it's all right. I mean, ow. Thanks, Mom. I'm glad that it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene with Mushu whispering in Li Shang's ear and onward, like all the stuff that resulted directly because of that, oh, made me want to die. That was the point in the movie where I really just was starting to not be able to handle it anymore. I tried so hard with this movie, guys. You don't understand. I was trying, but it just at every turn wanted me to hate it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Annalise. Annalise, you're allowed to, if you're listening to this, you're allowed to still like it, even though you see flaws in it like this. It's cool. It's cool. I hate this movie. Okay, so Danica, oh. so Danica, you're going to laugh. I felt, I almost fell asleep twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Annalise is like, Mom, you've got to be on this for the podcast. I'm like, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. I've got to come to consciousness. Oh, here was one of our best little moments, though, that was around that scene. I don't remember exactly when it happens, but about Shang, Mulan said, I know he's by the book. And then Valerie was like, by the book? (laughs) Because he's by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cute, cute. Okay, so you know when our three fellas are with the ladies in town and they're doing stuff? Sure. And and Yao wins a prize for her? Mm-hmm. He should have gotten the monkey that looked like him, I not know. the panda. I was thinking no, that, no. too. I was thinking no. that, too. It was, a, it was a reference to what she had said earlier in the tent about him being a uh, panda bear on the inside. She was proving... Oh. He, yeah, he was proving oh. her so right. Wow, you're really paying way more attention to this movie than I bothered. I tried. <laughs> I really tried. That was really funny. when I'm Lucy, glad that you got that, though. When Lucy was like, deep, deep, deep inside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was convinced that he was soft on the inside and that was okay i'm glad that you caught that basically the confirmation yeah okay well now i'm okay with it very nice okay (laughs) now now that i understand that it was a callback i i can appreciate it as a choice yeah okay and not as just another disappointment right like so much of this film yeah well and you know so much of the storyline too and the characterization of the three princesses, it just bothers me because it was just such a letdown from Mulan. I mean, here in Mulan, one of the things that made her character so appealing is that she just was, she just had such loyalty or just such love, you know, for her father, for her family. So for these young women, you know, the three princesses to be like so dedicated to the father like no we're doing this because you know this is what you know we 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 want to do for our father and for our country and blah 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 to just 
the second that they're almost out of sight from the emperor's, you know, palace and boom, all of a sudden, no, they don't want. And, and this is just, you know, they're miserable and they don't want, yeah, I just, it just didn't track. It was just, I don't know. The real crime is introducing three new lady characters in a a film series that didn't have a lot of lady characters and having them be voiced by Lucy Liu, Sandra Oh, and Lauren Tom, and making them all boring. Yeah. And, like, they have before one of the two scenes, or maybe one of the three, where, where they had their older personalities where they were like, oh, they they just weren't working. We just had to change and try to make each of them individually interesting. And I'm like, you failed. You exactly. did it bad. It was way more that scene where they were telling her she has to be bad. And like, she was like, I want to be bad. Had way more personality for her than anything that was actually. In the I, movie. Know, I know. <laughs> like, I know. I know all of the, all of the scenes that they cut were better than the things in the movie. Definitely. It was really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, character wise, like what were their personalities? May Their personalities were that they liked the things, the traits that the guys had. Yeah. Yeah. That was their personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also in one of the cut scenes, she says that she can't cook. And that was I was hoping that she couldn't cook. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah and that that would be in the movie but it never was actually in the movie what but that was, was in the seat in the cut scene yeah what was the name of that one it was ling ling may and sue. You're talking sue. About. sue sue yeah yeah sue the third one like, i wanted her to not be able to cook and then like he loves her anyways and they learn to cook together or he does all the cooking or something yeah, but like wanted, nothing with that yeah Chimpo wanted somebody who can cook she likes food but I'm like, she doesn't know how to cook. She's a princess. She's never cooked a day in her life. And they never confirm they never that or follow up with that in the film. And it's like, that's just boring. Other than in the cut scenes. Yeah. I mean, there's just. Right. But it's not in the film. Yeah. I mean, and again, they, they could have done just almost anything other than what they did. Because, yeah, the princesses had no personalities other than to be the perfect match for their cohort yeah. guys which is just so boring and so sexist so boring. uh which we can get into more but it's just like uh. let's move on from here because i'm sure we have more about this general stuff that yeah. will be best discussed in spoilers let's move on to animation that one little girl's animation really reminded me of darla dimple from catstone dance yeah in the beginning oh the one, the one with the gap in the teeth i mm. can see that yeah yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of the little girl from Finding Nemo with the braces, but Ooh, now that you that, say but... that, now that you say that, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, just, written, even some of, like, the smears and stuff on her animation just reminded me of Cats Don't Dance style animation. It was interesting. Yeah. There was oh, this... oh, no, I know what it reminded me of now. It's the little girl from the second Goofy movie, or is it the first one? I don't know, where. Where uh, they have to like Velcro her diaper down and then she runs off without underwear on. Anyone know what I'm talking about? No. I feel like that's the first one because that's Maybe like when is. Goofy is trying to take a picture of her. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I don't actually remember off, what she looks like, but the way that she runs off reminds me of of the little girl in this movie. That's amazing. I love that. I mean, it's the same. It's Disney Toon Studios, so that could be the same person. I have no idea. In the scene where the princesses are introduced, they're like the the film is focusing on a shot of a tunnel or or a doorway or something. And it shows their shadow and the shadow is just kind of morphing through different things for a 
too long before it splits into their three silhouettes. And I don't get why they did that. I thought, am I supposed to be seeing something in that shadow? It kind of looks like a rabbit. Is it changing to something else? And then it splits to the three of them. And I'm like, why did I watch that this past however many seconds? Like, that didn't did, do anything Did they want to make you think that they weren't pretty or something? Like, were the I guys... I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't discern anything. I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't... It, it was, was weird. Just amorphous, and then and then it was three people. Because it was us. it was focused on too long for it to feel like it was not supposed to be anything. Yeah, but maybe. I don't know what it was supposed to be. Yeah, maybe the budget got cut uh, halfway through, and then they were like, eh, "I'd have to rush it from now on, guys. No more fun scenes <laughs> like that shadow thing." Yeah, I guess. <laughs> maybe who knows? The animators seem unsure of what Mulan's face should look like. Am I the only one who felt that way? No, her I- face felt off-model, like, a lot. Yeah, Vaughn said something about Uncanny Valley, right? Well, I meant just, like, personality-wise, but maybe that was part of it. Yeah, like, she just... (sighs) There was definitely parts where any, pretty much any given character looked weird or bad, but I just... Mulan so rarely looked like Mulan, and it was weird. Also, the animation on Ling during the cart scene, where it first has them just walking and he's in the front of the cart looked really really bad he looked so terrible in that scene he just he didn't look like ling at all he looked awful Uh, on a random note there was a little mickey mouse symbol on the box as mulan and may were talking about you know following your heart or whatever Mm mm-hmm which i think when it's directly at the camera it's just it was just like three symmetrical kind of thing but the an- the angles that it was shown at, I think, were definitely supposed to be. Yeah, just the Mickey Mouse head. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it almost made it look like a heart. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mushu just has Chinese takeout, a Chinese takeout container at one point. Yep, I brought that up. Yeah, it's just like like you said. Like, they're just trying to make him the genie. Yeah, just anachronistic references that I don't think he did before. Not, not like that, at least. Not he's with props and the stuff. Bug spray at one point too. He's also yeah a, treated in a very cartoony way of like getting smashed, getting fallen flat, like accordion type physics. That uh, I don't think they did that in the first one, or at least as not much. to that extent. Yeah, not to yeah. that. Like, the main extent. thing I think of is when she made him light the thing and stretched him, and and like he got the gong thrown into his face and he kind of like had the like a slightly flattened face and then falling like there was a couple of little things but not to the extent and i think i think part of it is also just that it was done clumsily and poorly in this one yeah it was it was a over the top and one of the many distracting things about this film yeah i mean interestingly like it was still pretty and the colors were nice but it certainly was nowhere near the quality of of Mulan. Yeah. And the backgrounds had like a painterly look to them, but they were just too low detail to actually be pretty to look at and like too faded. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it felt like they were trying to do scenes like I think Mulan and Shang in a similar situation, like with the bridge, with the trees behind them, but it just didn't, it, it wasn't as striking. And so when you do, when you pull back like that, it's just boring and it just emphasizes how less good this looks. Yeah. Anything else with animation before I ask the end of this topic question? Well, just other than, again, you know, interestingly, to me, it was a nicer quality than a lot of movies that go straight to 
to video, but it's still just, I think where the shortcuts were, like I said, it, it was, it was still pretty and attractive and the colors were nice, but I think where the shortcuts were with just anything really compelling in movements in, and really keeping the correct faces and shapes and I don't know, just shortcuts yeah, like with, with details, I guess. It's definitely obviously cheaper and like, you know, going in that it's going to be because it's not by the main production team. This is a, a straight to video sequel. And so the animation's like, it's okay. Like it's, it's got issues, but like, it's fine. But it becomes worse when what it's attached to is also bad. Cause like, I think again of return of Jafar, which definitely it has comparatively even worse animation and definitely has like inconsistency issues and off model characters and stuff like that sometimes. But the core of the, of the story that it's built around is enjoyable enough that it's easy for me to overlook a lot of that. Yeah. Whereas in this there's just not enough there. And so those issues become all the more pronounced because one of the only things I can really even focus on is the animation because the rest of it's boring me. So it's, yeah, yeah, it just, if you have a bad plot and bad characterization and stuff, then other issues like lackluster or just lower budget animation is going to become worse that's just the nature of the beast. When some of the major things aren't working, then the rest of the things, if they're not perfect, start looking worse and worse. What do you think this movie was, would be like if it, if it was live action? If someone cared enough to do that, maybe this Mulan remake does really well. And they're like, let's do a sequel like they're supposedly allegedly doing with Aladdin, even though it doesn't deserve it. So, yeah, what would a seat? What would... If they if they were like, and this is the one that we're gonna do, we're gonna make this a sequel. The sequel, what it, what do you think that'd be like? Not, not a, any better. Not a story worth retelling. <laughs> I think what they could do to make it a lot. I think there's two big things that they could do to make it a lot better. One, uh, Mushu's not in it. Mushu's just not yeah, in the movie sure. at all. Um, and two, do most of the things that they cut from from the movie have that opening scene but in live action it'll be even radder with like actually seeing them do the martial arts moves and stuff have the girls initially just playing the guys but then they fall in love over time as they're doing that because that's just inherently a more compelling love story than people just immediately being than three than like six individual people (laughs) all immediately falling in love with another person like on site like with no build-up so cliche it's just i'm a a fan of the premise i think it deserves an hbo miniseries so they can stretch this out (laughs) um i I want them to do like danica said i want them to get rid of mushu yes Uh, i want them to explore the the politics of this situation and the ramifications of their decision to apparently leave these princes behind also where were the other two princes we don't anyway yeah that that was That was lazy and and pointless. Like a lot of the movie. (laughs) I think it's the princesses who should try to start breaking Mulan and Shang up to try to... Yes! To try to stop them from getting married. And then in breaking up this really good team and part of their turn is like, oh, that was really bad. And now either we have to get them together or we have to fess up. But I think... Also, Mulan and and Shang's relationship is like written a lot better by more competent writers so that it feels believable and not bad yeah. and awful. Yeah. 
They can, you they know, can take that mushu we can, we can doctor this, you guys. There is hope <laughs> We can I'm do feeling, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to make a sweeted video. Y'all, y'all seen that movie? <laughs> no. No, never mind. Someone will get it. Write the think- comments. <laughs> I think it would I think this I think it would really work as a love action movie too and that there's not really like there's not really anything that would be terribly difficult to do in love action like there's nothing terribly mystical or magical besides Mushu but you cut him and you're good yep. um and then you can just put all that budget into like some cool Fights. stunt work and and stuff like that and yeah mm-hmm. you could you could have something here <laughs> yes Yes, yes. Let's go on to sound design. I only have one note in here, though I'm sure we have some more that we can say. Uh, Cricky makes way too much noise now, and I hate it. Uh, Cricky's, like, constantly chirping, just constantly, and I hate it. And it's still Frank Welker, and, like, no shade on Frank Welker, because he did Cricky in the original, too. So he's not the issue. The issue is the voice director who wants Cricky to just constantly chirp, and it's the worst. Yeah, it's like, I've got to chirp if I'm talking, and it's like, no, you don't. Yeah, did you watch the first movie? He didn't have to do that all the time. Stop it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was my only real note. Yeah, Cricky was in here a lot, too. Yeah, I hated Cricky in this movie. It made me long for the Cricky of the first movie. It made me like suddenly be more on mom's side and value Cricky for for what Cricky brought to the table in the original compared to this one, where he was just kind of the worst. I've been constantly. vindicated. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, well, he still could have just been a not in neither movie, but well, again, if you got rid of Mushu, which you should have, I mean, we did not need him, then you wouldn't have needed Cricky because, yeah, Cricky just kept trying to somehow stop Mushu, which unsuccessfully. Do we have anything interesting to say about the songs? Well, I was going to say, if this is part of sound design, that the songs just were very boring. Just very boring. Nothing memorable. Yeah. They even reused A Girl Worth Fighting For and made it worse. Yeah, they just did the whole song. Just did that song. Yeah. I know. But like worse. Yeah. You you wrote... Oh, the half different i i said three and a half people to you earlier there was one more voice actor difference and that is that getty watanabe voiced ling both talking and singing this time in the last movie he had someone else do his singing bits they should have kept that guy sorry (laughs) sorry man but also (laughs) also even if ling's part was sung slightly better it wouldn't have made that any better. So, you know what? Actually, it's fine. <laughs> I felt like he was more annoying in this rendition by a lot. They, like, tried to turn him into oh, yeah. a jokester. And I think it was on purpose that he was annoying. But I, it just made the film all that more unlikable. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he was. Like you said, I don't think he was as much of a jokester in the first one. They had to, like... They got they, more physical comedy out of him in the first one than anything. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of fun with his lankiness. But... Yeah, he, I mean... They had to minimize their personality so they can, like you mentioned before with the yin-yang, to uh, make it opposite with the other thing. Or like, and yeah, they just didn't do a lot for the characters. Yeah, in the first movie, he came across to me like a guy who thinks really highly of himself rather than a guy who's just constantly yeah. telling jokes. Yeah. And the parts of their personality, some of them that they did emphasize, were, were just overblown and just... Made it so unappealing and just 
We already know all the characters in here suck, though. Anything with um, the songs in this movie. The songs suck. <laughs> Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it? Hold up. Did you want to say that line that you were going to say earlier? Oh, yes. When talking about the matchmaker. Yes. I think it was Ling says, uh, oh, forget that dragon lady. Why I gotta, why I gotta say that? Like, there's lots of references to things. Dragon lady, Mushu was like something about Shanghai when referencing Li Shang. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like, these are words that you recognize and associate with this, right? Yeah. It's bad. Oh, actually, can you look up the lyrics to the princess's song? I feel oh, like there's at I least I feel like there's at least two parts <laughs> I, in that that we should yeah, specifically it's call the out. Hands folded, like well, something about Lily. Yeah, that was awkward yeah. and uncomfortable. It was. I hated the worst. it. They did it twice. Twice. Yeah, it was, that was terrible. That was the cat song from uh, the that dog movie. What's it called? Yes, <laughs> the, Lady and the Tramp. From yes, Lady and the thank Tramp. You. It was them all over again. I was like, oh no. <sighs> Short tangent though. I don't know. I don't know if you realized, but they made a, a live action version of Lady and the Tramp. I have not watched it yet, but I've been listening to Disney uh, music soundtracks, including stuff like live action remakes and stuff. And so I, I am past Lady and the Tramp now, but I listened to the Lady and the Tramp remake soundtrack. And of course, they still wanted the cats to sing, but they threw out that old song completely. Thank goodness. And the new song that they did for them is a bop. Like, it's pretty great. Oh. Whenever we get to actually reviewing Lady oh, and the nice. Tramp stuff, like, I'll have a lot of praise to heap on that song. It's very enjoyable. That is cool. Well, this, the princess's song was not a bop, and I just realized no. it was it was one of the places where I fell asleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, just, oh, I just realized that. Um, when, when they were fighting in the bar or whatever, um, at one point Yao said to a man that he was fighting, I'd even kiss you to, to like, get a girl or something yeah. like that. And I'm not sure if I'm bothered. Okay, I am bothered by it because clearly it's just meant to be like a homophobic joke. But by Yao is what I would submit to the audience. (laughs) Hold on. I would like to uh, bring up the other song or bring up the like other girl song Uh in in the context of the the universe that they're in. And so this song is saying, oh, these girls do all these things like running and like scraping their knees and and it's like the point of the first film felt like that Mulan is going against some of these things like she wants to do these things and that's not like other girls but then these princesses come and it's like all these girls do this right it's very confusing about the universe and like what are people like and what are the expectations it, it kind of made me wonder if like that was acceptable for younger children and maybe these princesses are younger than we would hope they are <laughs> that's Cause, even more concerning yeah because i didn't i got that feeling too i was really confused as to why because they seem like they're older girls like why they would want to do things that are kind of like childish but i mean if they didn't get to go out and do anything maybe they're a little bit you know, like I think it's repressed. supposed to just be, yeah, that they're repressed and didn't even get to do that when they were kids. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Okay. Um, okay. Because I, th- I feel like even one of the, yeah, the 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 second of the uh, the third of the cut scenes, which is 
when they tried to uh, escape and, and ditch them or whatever, they, when they're talking to Mulan, they say something about like how, how they've always got to have a mask and they kind of imitate mockingly their father mm-hmm. and, and stuff that he said to them. So I think the intent, even though it was more clear in the original version that they shouldn't have changed, is that they are were oppressed and so they never really got to be children like that. Okay. Okay. Anything else for this section that isn't spoiler stuff? Well, yeah, again, just... Just so sexist. I mean, just so, it just bothers me so much that, that a woman is only good to please a man and that, a you know, and, and two is even the cliche that, you know, a man is, it likes a woman, you know, that can cook and do this and that for him to just like wait on him hand and foot. And it's just so overdone. And even because they didn't even give honor to, you know, if you want to say that's that's a part of the culture and you're representing, they didn't give honor to it in any way, shape or form. And it felt to me like it was going like the film was going to make an effort to actually push back against that, like that the daughters weren't going to like part of the lesson that our three boys from the original needed to learn was that the actual love of their lives won't necessarily match every description that they want, you know? Right. It, but it, apparently, apparently screw me. No, that wasn't a point that this film wanted to make at all. They're exactly what the, what these exactly, guys Exactly. Exactly. Which is why I'm so upset about the like removal of the idea that they were tricking them. And, espe- and especially like just that little thing of like, Oh, I can't cook at all. Like just that little difference makes the whole movie work so much better because it's like it it changes the moral to like your dream girl isn't like a thing that exists or that you should like expect a real woman to be yeah and like she might have some of the aspects you like but then she won't in other areas and like if you love her and like find these other things that you like like that'll be fine anyways you know but that apparently is not a point that this movie wanted to make which was baffling to me. That was one of the things that I anticipated the movie would do and seemed obvious to me that apparently it didn't want to do. So, Or even that too, what bothers me also is that, okay, that you do this good, good thing, this great thing, you know, you, you're, you're a war hero and then someone is just going to love you unquestionably and everything about you and accept every flaw and fault that you have. And especially given the fact with love at first sight, that's so unrealistic. It's one thing if if you bond over some other things, and yet yeah, then you overlook each other's faults. So the it's issue just... for me isn't that it's not realistic, because it's a kids' movie, and I know that, and I'm fine with that. The issue is that it's boring. Yeah. Like, the issue isn't that it's unrealistic for love at first sight to happen. I I genuinely feel, even though it's overdone, that you can tell a good story with that as the base concept. But the fact that it's love at first sight for six individual people yeah, and that it uh, stretches believability and is also just boring. Like their relationships don't really develop in an interesting way because it's basically just a straight line, like a straight flat line. They like each other from minute one. And the only difference is that later they admit it to each other. (laughs) But like, that's not very interesting, especially not to have that be, exactly what you do for all three of them like it's just yeah all three of the pairs yeah. it's just boring do we want to go into spoilers because honestly there's even more to talk about with them sure. in that section yeah. sure sure all right 
Let's go to our spoiler alert. Skip to one hour, seven minutes, and fifty-six seconds. So they just like kind of disappear at the end of the movie, huh? Like that whole plot line that is one of the biggest plot lines of the movie is completely tossed aside and we don't actually know how things resolve with their relationship. They live happily ever after. It resolves and then they go away before the film even ends. I guess. That's bad writing. I know. <laughs> they got, hey, babe, they got... hey, babe, that's bad writing. <laughs> well, and you know what else is weird is like they... I guess, what was the the dragon that Mushu was pretending to be? Like the, the gold, gold dragon, whatever, dragon of yeah. unity. There you go. Right, so uh, he made some proclamation, right, that everybody could marry whoever they wanted, I guess? But sure. But that was in that different kingdom. Do you think that made it all the way back to China? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's not <laughs> I'm like, what does their dad think? Exactly. And like, I fully... I would fully expect him to uh, to like ultimately be like, I just want what's best for you. I want you guys to be happy. Like, sh- yeah, like I I expect it to be that. I don't expect there to be like a really big conflict at this point, especially at the end of the movie. But the fact that it's not addressed at all is baffling. We don't. I think the last time that we see them is the crowd scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they're not in the movie, and that's. What? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, it's like no, a... actually, the movie was only about Mushu and Mulan and Li Shay. That's that's These why we need a miniseries. <laughs> exactly. Because in season <laughs> yes. in season two, the emperor will be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I've got this buddy over here in this kingdom right next door that you guys can marry his sons instead." And then we got to do it all over again. <laughs> oh no! Well, you know what? Too okay. Again, that's just. Yeah, I don't think that tracks. I don't think the emperor would have been real thrilled or again, yeah, the proclamation wouldn't have done anything. But an also an obvious solution they could have made is the ambush was pointless. I thought it was going to be tied to this kingdom was really trying to do something devious and they didn't really want they didn't really care about marrying the princesses, you know, when they were trying to pull something. So you could have had you could have had a resolution with the princesses not having to marry by, you know, uncovering some whatever plot that they're the ones that are, you know, trying to to off the princesses or something. Because otherwise that ambush was just stupid and pointless. Okay, what they're trying to rob them. I mean, then they wouldn't have been grabbing the girl. I mean, grabbing the girls. I mean, sure. But honestly, I I would even be okay if it we just cut to a scene of them with the three guys in front of their dad, and they're like, "Daddy, we love them, and we don't want to do this." And and like he's just like, "Oh, it's okay. I just want your happiness." Like I would be okay with a hokey ending. Yeah. But we don't even we don't get know. that. We yeah. get literal nothing. Yeah. Is what's so baffling is that the plot line is just unresolved. We just see them together in the crowd and then we don't see them again. Yeah. And and that's that's bad writing. You but, didn't resolve this plot thread. And they were telling the other kingdom like there was an accident and pretty much they died. So are they just going with, oh the princess has died. Sorry, Emperor. They are not yeah. even living. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about them. <laughs> yeah. As they go run away oh, with those man. dudes. Like that's yeah. pretty sad. One of the bandits looked exactly like one of the bear boys I from think, the first movie. Yeah, I think I the know. bear boys are there. Which is I weird think, because yeah. I thought all those dudes either died or were arrested or something. No. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Oh, so yeah. we gotta, we gotta, 
We got to talk about it. So after the first movie had a, a pivotal scene in which a rope was strong enough to pull up a horse <laughs> with people on it. This one really just goes for having a dramatic scene wherein a rope is not strong enough to hold two people. Oh, yeah. Yes! I can't think about that. Like, the the audacity (laughs) to write that scene is is mind-boggling. Like, I get that you want to have a scene where he has a fake-out death or whatever, but, like, the... That you went with the the <laughs> idea that a rope couldn't support two people when the last movie told me that in this universe, a rope can support two people, a, horse, a horse, a dragon, and a cricket yeah. is baffling. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, so I can't. True. I don't understand how they could create, could storyboard and animate and everything and voice act that whole scene and never think about that and like realize that this is a ridiculous ridiculous thing to have done. Also, at the end, you know, he falls. I I put too bad Shang died. Yeah, ostensibly (laughs) dies. And then Mulan has her scene from the first film in the beginning where she's resolved to, you know, go to war for her dad. She has that same scene resolved to marry. Honestly, though, Mulan holding Shang's sword in the rain, it was one of the nicest looking bits of animation in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. So copying nice. a better scene worked pretty well for them, at least visually. It's just like, let's just hit this character beat again, because that's who Mulan is. She has to resolutely do things. I like okay. that Shang's horse just, like, sniffs him out. Yes. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not at this point? Sure, his horse is a do- is like a dog that's great at tracking things by signal. Uh, okay. Sure. Okay, here. I gotta point something out and I realize I did not point it out in our last movie, but it goes and both go in spoilers. So, I, I, it bothers me and I find Spoilers it's, for the first Mulan, guys. I know. Well, both. Okay, but how with the, with the horse sniffing um, him out, uh, Li Shang, how... They don't show him. It would be, you know, like floating upside down in the river, whatever. No. All of a sudden, he just pops out of the river with a hand and grabs the horse. I mean, just like, boom, pops out. Just like the Huns were like popsicles and popped out of the snow. And what bothered <laughs> me so much about that is big lapse of time. I mean, so much time in, in Mulan where Mulan is injured. They set up a tent. They discover she's a woman. They have the big dramatic scene where where Li Shang doesn't kill her. They had they to like claw way. out of the snow, Mom. But they were no, way down no, there and they had to no. dig themselves out. And then out. they literally just popped up like popsicles. I mean, it's like, really? I mean, okay. Or like daisies. Yeah, and, and again, you know, even shirtless, you know, shirtless boys and all that. I mean, it was just like... The yeah, Bear Bros. Yeah. yeah, the Bear Bros. Not cold. You don't see them <laughs> shivering. You don't see any any elements, you know, bothering. They've been under the snow for, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes beyond. Oh, but no, they're just fine. They just pop up ready to go with their with their swords and all their weapons. Yeah. And then and then again, Shane, you know, Lee Shang and this, it just knows the perfect place to pop up and grab grab his horses, you know, uh rain. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, oh. Shang looks okay. good with his hair down, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. <laughs> good, I mean, it's a good look. I'm gay. And, like, it's a good look, man. 
<laughs> All he needs is a robe, and he's like right up my alley. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, uh, just another little thing for the how's it hold up section. You got anything to say, Lord Double Chin? <laughs> oh, you really gotta make it a fat joke at this guy's expense. Yeah, Mushu was too much. Mushu was the worst in this movie. I did appreciate, though, that my question of if Shang knows about Mushu did get directly answered by this movie, though. Like, I mean, it's an awful movie and, like, it, but, you know, whatever. But, but I appreciated that they talked about it because I had been wondering the whole movie, like, has she ever said anything to him about Mushu? But you guys, you He guys, doesn't interact with Mushu. There were zero consequences for all that crap he pulled. Right? But nothing He learns nothing. Yeah. He learns nothing oh, and I he know. gets got, no consequences. I, because yep. he helped them with the marriage situation. So, you know, like, it's all even. No, it's not. He caused yeah. the marriage situation. He did. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, so I guess too, uh, what, just one line that she says with that, that bothers me is, you know, yes, I tell my husband everything just because the way they had her say it was almost like, well, I don't want to say subservient, you know, because yeah, partners, you know, if you really, you know, trust each other. And I have think this it was just supposed to be that they're good partners, but that kind of flies in the face of what got them arguing so much earlier. Yeah, so I, it wasn't yeah. very believable. Yeah, exactly. And especially since their relationship was not fleshed out in this, it just, it just, again, just again, one of those lines that was just, I don't know, was not, uh, yeah, believable. Lee Shang had a throwing star. Yeah. That was random. Which at least would have been less random if they'd had that initial opening scene in which he also mm-hmm. uses it. That really threw me off. Also, what was up with his hat at the end? <laughs> Sorry. The hat. Oh, that's a marriage hat. That's a marriage hat. Mm, yeah, okay. that's part of the garb for them getting married. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. One of the few cultural things that they did okay. <laughs> yeah. I like how they, he just showed up and co-opted that marriage ceremony. Like, right. I'm, I'm going to do it right here. Like, uh, listen, buddy. And it's like, Maybe dude, we this is go. like the fate of like multiple countries right now. Every, everyone's awkward and, and uncomfortable. Can we do this elsewhere? Come on. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I almost died. I've got to do it because I could die at any time. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> just so too much. unrealistic to his character or I don't know, just, just wasn't set up well. No, mom, he learned. Yeah. He learned how to be loosey goosey or to whatever. Follow, no, to follow his heart. You're right. That is how yeah. I should Yes, yes. He um, had to follow his that heart. Golden, that golden dragon of unity, huh? They just mentioned it once in the beginning and then mentioned it quite a few times right before he assumed the. Uh, yeah, uh, Chekhov's gun. Also, and then he blew a lot of fire because apparently he can blow a lot of fire now. But then he saw he stood too close to the edge. You could totally see him. Even their panning up view, you could see the little dragon up there. I'm like, no one else is seeing this little tongue. dragon. That's just the guardian's tongue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That was. I think that was poorly done. I think, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the chorus for this movie, isn't it? <laughs> All right. No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? Easy for me. Uh, the opening scene with Mushu. Just cut it entirely and nothing is lost. Everything is gained. Yeah, no, I agree. At least. And it also, it was just, 
I don't want to like get into it to great degree, but I don't understand why just because he has a valued position, they have to like form literal stairs for him and be at his complete beck and call. Yeah, the power yeah. dynamics here are really baffling to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. and and blow into his bath. Weird. It's All awful. of it was weird, and I hated it. Agreed. Terrible scene. Shouldn't have been in there. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Vaughn, did you have any I'm, different I'm least favorite scene? <sighs> I'm struggling because so much of it was strange. Oh, I know. Well, where I think where we're really going to struggle is what comes right after this. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll just I'll jump on the train. I I can't think of anything as annoying as the opening. I'm kind of surprised we yeah. all made it through the movie. I know, right? Yeah. It was. I wanted. I wanted to try to just give this movie a fair shake, and then it started like that. Um, favorite scene in the movie. I actually do have one written down. Okay. The scene with the uh, grandma and the dad with the gambling. Where that was like, cute. I, like, that was cute. That. It did okay. have him doing the weird sayings thing, but yeah, That's it was just cute his overall. character in this film. For apparently. some reason. I liked that. I mean, my favorite scene was the scene that was cut from the movie that should have opened it. I really, I really loved it when he was like, if we survive this, will you marry me? That was so (laughs) good. That was cute. That was cute. Uh, Yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, if I could choose that as mine, that was... No, we can't. We have to find an actual scene in the movie. What about the, the, just the mini scene where... Mulan unhooked her horse's saddle and but kissed him on the cheek. it's part of a greater whole that's awful. I don't think I can just Mine is just going to be the short part just because I, I like the visuals of it. Her with the sword after um, it's in spoiler section, but a scene where Mulan has a sword in the rain. Because visually, it was one of the most effective animation in this whole this whole movie i guess that's for me too i don't know i hated all of it uh i can think of literally nothing else so i'm gonna say that short little spot where con stomped the poopy doopy out Ooh, of that's a good one that was a good one <laughs> yes that was a good I one change i changed mind of that yeah i wanted to see more of that i wanted to see more of yeah. that after he did that because yeah i totally would have preferred seeing so much more of the horse and not hey, see Mushu. Let's segue into our least favorite characters. It was Mushu. Mushu is the worst in this movie. Yep. I have to, yeah, I have to second it. And don't get that. me wrong, there are plenty of, of potential candidates for this spot, but Mushu's definitely the worst. Yeah. He's just terrible. I would, yeah, if he weren't so willfully awful, then I could, yeah. pick, I could pick Ling because he's insufferable. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's. He's not intentionally insufferable, so I give him a pass. Right. Yeah. Favorite character in the movie. Uh, I don't know who to pick. Mm. Um, I'm going to say the grandmother. I'm going to say the grandmother. Con, the horse. Because he (laughs) does the only good thing in the movie where he tries to murder Mushu. (laughs) (laughs) He tries to do what nobody... <laughs> and everyone's too much of a coward. I still think I'm just gonna say the grandmother because she was still really cute and to character they didn't show her enough. I genuinely think it's Khan. I just hate everything in this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, the the cricket acted like he was gonna stop Mushu, but he never did anything no. about it. He just kind of the worst. Sat, he sat in the saddlebag and just kind of made judgmental faces. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh. no. My favorite character is that little girl who a- animates kind of like Darla Dimple. <laughs> she, she she never did anything wrong. She was great. She was great. She stole that guy's helmet. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, her. Yeah, I don't really... There's not really any character I like. There's some 
things that I liked, like with the uh, uh, eldest sister Ling Ling. I like that she was like trying not to laugh in the beginning, like you think she's not about him, but she just doesn't want to laugh because she hates her laugh. There's, uh, there's like the barest glimpses at things that could have been good. Truly, yeah. Like Mulan's uh, character got neutered essentially. Same with Shang's. Like no, nobody was who they were supposed to be. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think yeah. I have to pick May just because of the three princesses. She had the most personality. Sure. Yeah, and Lucy Liu's uh, voice acting was very interesting. It was very breathy. Yeah, yeah very breathy. Uh, but I do like Sandra O oh as Ling Ling. I thought it was t- yeah, it's Ting Ting. This movie was a Sorry, musical. Ting Ting. Right. Oh, you're yeah. right. It's Ting Ting. This movie was a musical. So, what was your least favorite song? Uh, I cannot. Probably a girl like, worth fighting for because it took a good song and made it worse. I didn't like like other girls because that was of also those terrible and racist. Awful references, and then the sentiment of the song was annoying. Also, I want to be like other girls. Played in the beginning of the credits was also terrible. Just to call out another bad were the, song. Were there only three songs in the whole thing? Uh, yeah, lesson number one, A Girl Worth Fighting For, Redux, and Like Other Girls. Yeah, and then, then two I'm, songs in the credits. Yeah, I'm going to go with Valerie's and say uh, Like Other Girls. No, yeah, that's fair. I'm going to shift to that. It was the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll echo that too. <laughs> Favorite Lesson song. number one was yeah. good enough. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pass- I guess it's so. I if guess I, so. If I have to choose. Lesson number one was sure existed and didn't upset me, really. So. Those little girls are pretty cute. So I guess it'll be that one. That's the one. Yeah. What character would Tim Curry have played if he were in this movie? It would be the it would Emperor. be a waste of Tim Curry to be in this movie, but... Yeah, um, don't, don't make Tim Curry be in this movie. I know, that would That's be my vote. so... I mean, the... <laughs> He could have, he could have maybe brought some life to the, whoever was the other emperor or whatever. Yeah, the, or, that guy. You know, that guy just was so boring too. So I think maybe he could have made it somewhat interesting. Yeah. Most, otherwise, most of them are rehashes. Oh, hmm. uh, our suggestion for last one. One of those three dudes. What's his name? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, that'd be fun if he was Yeah. How about how about Mushu Mushu doesn't exist, and uh, then the Golden Dragon of Unity actually exists, and it's Tim Curry. I like it. I like like, it. Man, we just can't help ourselves trying to write a better movie. That would have been good. I'm telling you guys, we can do this. We can we can beef this up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've forgotten this beautiful fun fact that I need to share with everyone. In early 2002, it was reported that Disney was working on Mulan 3. Raymond Singer and Eugenia Bostwick Singer, writers of the first film, submitted two stories to Disney in which they suggested a new character named Anna Ming. Like this film, the second sequel would have released direct-to-video, but it was canceled before the release of Mulan 2. So we could have gotten a sequel to this sequel, but actually maybe it would have been better because it had some of the original writers from the first film. Who knows? Mm. But it didn't happen. It was canceled before this one was even out. Hey, here's wishful thinking that that had happened and then they just erased Mulan 2 and made Mulan 3 Mulan 2. Well, maybe in some (laughs) alternate universe that happened. It's probably like them having 
fights about how many children to have because that's a pretty big argument that neither one of them settled (laughs) he was like as many children as possible and she's like i don't know one or two Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe you guys need to chat before you get married but what do i know (laughs) man that scene was bad too there's so many okay let's Let's be done. Let's be done. Let's go to our overall <laughs> consensus and um, what we what we want to rate this thing. Oh, wolf. This oh, thing. man. I'm still going to stick with my recommendation to not recommend it. And Agreed. I may have to give this like a 0.5. Dang. I don't know. I'm trying to think of if I would rather watch the live action Dumbo or this. I know. I mean, it's just like got to be way down there for me. And mainly because the animation was okay, but nothing great about it. But the songs were like, bleh. the storyline was, bleh. there was so much just that did not hold up. Yeah. And I definitely would not want to see it again. So, th- so there was really nothing redeemable about this movie for me. So I'm, I think I'm going to go with 0.5. Unless y'all convince me totally otherwise, but, you know. I will say that that for you does mean that you would rather watch the live action Dumbo. Because you gave that a 0.75. I almost would, which is just pretty sad to say. Also, that you would rather watch... No, actually, it puts it... I'm sorry, it puts it at the same level as All Dogs Go to Heaven too. You really rated All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 and Christmas Carol so you're, very badly. So you're, saying, so you're saying that the rating is below the Dumbo? No, uh, you... If, yes, for Dumbo you did 0.75. Ah, okay. You would rather watch this movie than an All Dogs Christmas Carol, though, which is valid. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Ah, uh, well, maybe I'll do it at 0.75. That's the highest I'm going to give it. Uh, because <laughs> I, I can't say that I want to see the Dumbo more than it. So I'm putting them, I guess, on the same level then. So 0.75 and I don't recommend it. How about you other two? I think I'm a little bit more generous than you guys can be. But, it's fair. We've uh, become so jaded watching so many movies. <laughs> That's fair. Um, it's, I guess my basis for comparison is like, I think of the movies I hate the most and I'm like, I would, I would much rather watch this. So I'm going to give it a two. Um, it's it's no, It's no Pacific Rim, but no, I don't really um, <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> So amused that you took the opportunity to dunk. I, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I I watched Pacific Room with, with Valerie we showed, and Danica. We showed it to her, yeah. And I hated that movie so much. I was confused the whole time. I didn't. I don't know how I made it through, to be honest. And when I hear that they're making sequels, I just go, why? <laughs> uh, just for the record, Valerie and I love that movie. So I'm if sorry, anyone's listening I, and they're offended... I mean, it's, it's okay. hey, people have different opinions. It's fine. Uh, no, it's it was true. very it's... funny to watch it with Vaughn, though, I, I, because I her have... commentary was amazing. <laughs> I have very strong opinions about Fight Club, too, which many, many people enjoy. And, uh, spoiler, I do not. Uh, so... I'm way more on... I can way more understand that. But so anyway. Either, either way, it's fine. And hilarious. Um... <laughs> So continue, yeah. So you're rated two is what a you're going to A flat two, and I don't, but I don't really recommend watching it. Like if you're stuck inside during a typhoon and you still have electricity, maybe. And you've watched everything else on Disney yeah, Plus or something. Yeah. Uh, if you were stuck inside and you have Disney Plus, I definitely wouldn't watch this movie. I would watch. <laughs> There's a lot of other movies. I'd watch another movies. one. 
I would watch rewatch movies that I had just seen rather than watch this movie. So I do not so, recommend it. Yeah, so you don't recommend it. I don't it. recommend it. Um, story, story things were actively bad. Animation was just okay. Songs were were bad to okay. So I will rate it a... I'll just rate it a one. That's where I'm going to go to, actually, because 0.75 is what I gave. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me double check this. Yeah, I gave point. I gave Dumbo a 0.75 also. So I'm going to uh, go for a one. I would rather watch it than Dumbo because when it comes down to it, I would rather be actively angry at a film than utterly bored by it. And that's how I felt about Dumbo. Dumbo was the most boring movie I've ever seen. And the only movie I would want to watch even less that I have so far seen and reviewed on this podcast is an All Dogs Christmas Carol. So, yeah, one. I'll put this as a one. <laughs> it has what, what makes it so infuriating is just that there are see like the smallest the smallest glimmers of things that could be good and then to have watched the cut scenes and realized it could have definitely been much better it's just so infuriating that these directors almost had it and then for some reason thought that that wasn't the right direction to go and made it infinitely worse or were told yeah and it's very possible like in fairness to them the stuff that they're saying in the faces that they're putting on at the beginning of those clips could be like they they know that it's worse, but they have to try to justify it to other people or whatever. You know what I mean? Was, like they they might realize. I have no idea. I can't speak to them personally, but I can definitely speak to the fact that those scenes were better than anything in the actual film. Yeah, so. yeah it's like yeah. John Williams, like, oh, I've you know composed all this music for the ninth film, and then it's <sighs> Don't like make me even sadder. <laughs> but then he has to look, you know, happy that they just wanted to rehash that they just ones. butchered any of the music he composed and just recycled a bunch of god the ninth film i can't i can't i can't we're done here (laughs) (laughs) next next time we will cover the live action remake there's no point in being vague about it obviously you've if you've listened to this podcast at all you know the cycle that we go in so next is the live action remake very curious about it. Yes. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, including like controversies, because there are tons of people who want to boycott this film for, for reasons that we will discuss. It's going to be a ride, guys. No matter how the film actually turns out, it's going to be a ride. I'm hoping mm. it'll be better than this. I oh, know. I, I know. It would be difficult for it to be the worse. Bar I know. So, I can't imagine. But Dumbo surprised me. Yeah, exactly. So it, Dumbo made me go back and act, retroactively bump up my score for the live-action Aladdin, and I hated that movie. <laughs> so we'll see. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get we'll be entertained. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm nervous, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, we'll see. Yeah. So that's what we're doing next time. Yes. Thank you all for listening, and thank you so much, Vaughn, for being on both of these episodes. Oh, uh, thank you. Spoiler: uh, Vaughn will not be on the live-action remake for for reasons. Um. So so don't expect to hear her back on that one. But thank you so much for thank joining you. On, thank us you on these so two. Much, it's been great. It has. Always lovely. <laughs> And thank you, Valerie. It's just always such a treat when you're on here, too. We love you so much, babe. You're welcome. Yes, <laughs> you're here awesome. here all the time. 
Yes. And free to join on, in on this podcast. <laughs> yes. And please like and subscribe and, and just let us know what you're thinking. You know, send us, give us your comments. We would appreciate. And we hope you guys are keeping yourself safe in this crazy world. And we sure love you and we appreciate you for tuning in. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.